0: Welcome, everybody, to Drunk Valorant, episode 7. Starting us off here, Chase, what are you drinking tonight?
1: Oh, tonight, Cass, I am drinking a Rainbow sherbet Sour, which sounded really interesting because I'm not typically a fan of Rainbow Sherbert itself. Wait, but... motherfucker, do you buy the same beer as me? I mean, maybe. I Mine has raspberry, pineapple, key lime, and orange puree.
0: Son of a bitch, I'm putting this back in the fridge and grabbing another one.
1: Okay, well, while Cass does that, as he's salty that I have the same taste in beer as him, Uh, what are you drinking, Hunter?
2: Well, I'm going back to a previous episode, the first repeat. Bit of a bummer, but I was low on alcohol, and I'm going for a good one. Uh, I'm going to butcher the name just as badly as the other time. The uh, Hibiki uh, (laughs) Suddry Whiskey... I just tried something that I think was different than the previous time. Would one of you want to say how it's actually pronounced? It's Hibiki Santori. That's okay. pretty close. I would have Okay, been... okay. I am better yeah. this time.
1: Yeah, yeah And
2: uh, here's the sound of the bottle opening.
0: Nope. Got cut out that time. Dang yeah, it. Like so it. One, more, one more attempt.
3: There we go.
1: <laughs>
2: hey, there you go. There's an ASMR we
1: got for it. you. Yep. Okay, Cass, now that you have... Uh, put your beers. beer back in the fridge. What are you drinking
3: now?
0: Okay, now I have an IPA number 18, coconut and key lime with Sabro and... Okay, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that. Some other hops oh, along yes, with Sabro butcher Okay, fine, of, fine. Uh, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Montuka? No, Motuka. There's no ad. Sounds good to M- me. Motuka? I can't see the words,
1: so I have no idea what um, you're talking about, but...
0: Literally you never heard of that hops before. It's uh by the Collective Arts, uh, Creativity Collection. Which uh, I think is actually really cool, um, uh, because they take a bunch of like uh what what's that famous art school in Vancouver? Chase? Uh, out here. Emily Carr. I think so. Yeah. So I think they take like aspiring artists, um, like fine fine arts from there and all their labels are incredibly unique and like very artistic.
1: Um That's cool. So they get, like, art students from Emily Carr to
2: design their labels?
0: Yeah. Um, So I, I, I think that's always really cool, and their labels definitely stand out in a liquor store.
2: So that's how up in Canada
0: they get you guys
2: to pay so much for alcohol. They uh go out giving five dollar bills to college students and be like, Hey, give us an excuse to charge ridiculous prices for this.
1: Well, we have to drop five dollar bills on every beer that we buy, so Right, right. <laughs> like we bought these from a liquor store and I believe each of them was probably and from five fifty to yeah. five fifty. Yeah.
0: Just Got back in Canada for you. I mean, at the very least it's like a craft tall boy. So in the States, I'm like they go for relatively similar prices. Like it's craft beer uh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, like yeah. the way that I put it is, I don't feel that bad out here in Canada buying a bunch of craft beers because in the states I'd be paying a fairly similar price. Where they really get you is when you want to like your standard run of the mill lager. Right, right? Right. Like you're okay. Number one, you can't really get a thirty rack out here. It's possible, but it's very hard. So you get a two four instead.
1: Um. Which is twenty-four beers for those Americans out
2: there, but we call them two fours. Yeah, I had to do a little thinking uh, to piece yeah. that <laughs> together. Yeah, it's like um, a two and a four. Oh, 24. Okay, okay.
0: But you get one of those, and you're probably paying like over two dollars a beer.
1: Yeah, no, like like Pretty a two four a two four like Coors Light is going to be thirty pushing some 50. dollars.
0: No, dude, pushing fifty. You think so? Yeah, it's over two dollars a beer. Okay, yeah, it's a lot of money. Um, whereas you want to get a 30-rack of Budweiser in the States, I mean, you're paying less than a dollar a beer. Yeah, okay, so on a completely non-sequitur here, um, why don't we think about what are what are some changes you guys think are going to be coming in the works following uh, this Berlin tournament here? You know, it is the ending tournament of the, the Valorant competitive year. And Riot has stated they don't like the pros playing on different patches than the masses, a casual, play on. Um. So it seems like they've been kind of holding back some of the more, oh, okay. you know, drastic changes that would really affect the meta until this tournament's over. And I mean, definitely.
1: This- yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think just to deliver some context, uh, when we're recording this, it is, what's the date today? The 8th? December yeah. 8th? So, uh, the tournament is not over. We have just had the first round of quarterfinals today. First half of the quarterfinals, yeah. Um, But the uh, the tournament will be over by the time this podcast releases. So, uh, we're not going to know everything. If something super broken happens in, like, the final couple games, or maybe even in the games tomorrow at our time, we're not going to be able to tell talk about it. So, um, just keep that in mind while we're discussing this yeah. topic. We okay, do not so- know what happens.
0: Okay, first of all, I'd like to address the elephant in the room here. Yoru needs to be knocked down a peg.
2: Oh, you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, I think I've, I've can seen way too much Yoru in this tournament. He
0: is—he is way too strong right now. Like, I mean, for it, I have, to
2: have an agent who's a must pick on every single map. Yeah. Like to have to have an agent that literally appeared on every team in every match. That's just boring. We need to mix it up. See, yeah, I,
0: I was actually thinking that I thought all the teams came together at the start and created a gentleman's agreement to not play him because of how broken he was.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Sentinels who, the word got out, they were going to include him in their comp despite the agreement. And then it was like a nuclear arms race from then on. Everyone was like, <laughs> well, if Sentinels are doing it, I guess we better do it too. Well, so
1: that's why Crew knocked him out is because Sentinels ended up actually going back to the uh, to the no Yoru comp. But then Crew, you know, they, they picked five Yorus.
2: Yeah. Oh, you're right, I forgot
0: about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they yeah. actually, in,
1: for this tournament, they went for replication instead of, like, normal
2: gameplay.
0: Yeah. They really had the economy on their
2: side with that. Yeah, yeah. Yoru's old is known as the best eco-old in the game, so I that makes total sense. So, okay, in all
1: seriousness, <laughs> um, are there changes that you guys think will come after uh, Berlin?
0: I think definitively Jet Dash gets a nerf, and I think it's probably going to be that quote unquote bug that was in the game, however many patches ago that was.
2: Yeah, I actually saw a specific case today uh, with uh, CNED on the jet where he, uh, it was on Breeze against Cloud9. They did play on Breeze first at right? Rain, I'm not on something. I can't remember. CNED
0: did not play Cloud9. Ascend does not play Cloud Nine. <laughs> Dang it! Okay, I I'm
2: very off here. Okay, well I'll I'll get working on the what specific case <laughs> I was thinking of after I give my comment. But either way, there was a jet uh, on Breeze in the tunnel from mid to uh, B site, and the jet got caught in kind of an awkward scenario, and they dashed to the side and got like stuck up against the wall in tunnel. Like they clearly it was clearly a panic dash. And they were able to re-equip their gun and shoot someone, like, immediately afterward. And it's a cool play, but that's the kind of thing that it might not happen often, but given how good Jet's dash is already at being a get-out-of-jail-free card, as Cass is so fond of saying, like, it it keeps it from being both an offensive and a a defensive weapon by changing that. So I don't know that that's really going to change Jet's pick rate, but I think it's a a nerf that, um, as someone who only dabbles in Jet occasionally, I'm very okay with seeing.
1: I mean, I think we're all in agreement that that's a good nerf to the dash. However,
2: I think that I would say that Jet
1: needs more nerfs, and I've discussed that on previous podcasts. But I think that after Champions, it's like open season for Riot on these characters, right? Like, it's the end of the Valorant competitive year. They can just go ahead and change the meta as much as they want. Mm
3: -hmm. They might
1: just nerf Jet into the ground just to see how it works, you know? And they can do yeah. that. I'm I'm fine with seeing that because it's the end of the competitive year. If they nerf Jet into the ground, see what the meta adapts to, and then maybe they bring Jet back up a little bit. Um, but they could do that with a ton of different agents, completely change them, you know, Yoru, you know, bring yeah. him into the ground a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. From, you know, in hell where he was before, you could bring <laughs> him into uh, a little bit more surface level. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. see yeah. what
1: that does to the uh to the competitive meta and then you can go from there i just think that after berlin you're gonna have the opportunity to put whatever changes riot sees like as possible into the game and then you have a ton of time from their perspective to figure out which of those work which of them don't what do they want to see in the game what are they not
2: yeah, yeah, I I totally agree and I'm trying to remember if you guys you can you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh but there was uh there was it was after Iceland I want to say that the huge changes came about to the economy where all of a sudden, you know, some things cost an increment of $50 instead of $100. That was after Iceland rather than Berlin, right? Yeah, of course it was cuz that was the summer. Mm-hmm. I, is that correct? I just I'm gonna to sure I'm have no idea. But yeah, I'm to be honest, I, I don't know. Right, like that was arguably one of the single biggest changes to the game because they also combined that with changing with, uh, around the alt economy as well in terms of how many alts certain things were. So that was a a seismic shift in you know the way that the economy worked both for ultimates and money. So we could see something similar, and I don't think even a lot of people necessarily saw that coming. Um, but I think most people have been happy with that change. So I think we might see something similar. Um, Kind of piggybacking on things both Cass and Chase have said, there's a date in my head right now that I am circling on my calendar when it comes to the changes for Valorant, and that is January 7th. Um, Riot has announced that that's when the PBE will return with new content, and I think a reason for that being so late relative to now is because uh riots employees are going to have a christmas break as well so uh that's why they're not going to rush out new content right after champions ends even though excuse me me, even though they could because champions is over um and for me as a yoru main, i will be really really hopeful that they'll pull out those changes there as well and then leading into the beginning of the the new act there's going to be a new agent with the act. It's possible they get delayed a little bit like Chamber. And according to some things people found out digging through, like, the new voice lines, like, added into the game, like, for the data miners out there, um, apparently the new agent is going to specialize in electricity. Like, there's a card with, like, some electric glowing thing in the battle pass. And the new character has voice lines other other agents indicating that they can be, like, charged up and they can move fast which is really interesting because I've said that I don't necessarily want to see Jet nerfed into the ground as much as other characters having movement that can do some of the things Jet's good at. So the new character might be exactly that, which would be really interesting to see. I'm interested
1: to hear that it's going to be that late from what you were saying. I haven't heard that before, but I was expecting maybe next Tuesday um, or being the day after this podcast is released. Uh, because Tuesdays are typically when patches are going up, and that would be the mm-hmm. first Tuesday after Berlin finished, that they might actually institute some of those changes. So that has yet to be seen, but um, I guess that it makes sense what you're saying, that they're going to give it a bit more time after, especially after such a huge tournament, and yeah. then we have the holiday right. season.
2: Yeah, I, w- I was with you in terms of thinking, oh, maybe you'll be right after Champions, and I'm I'm high on that hopium when it comes to, you know, my Ori changes. Uh, but, you know, seeing that the PBE is not coming till January 7th makes me think that probably any major changes are going to wait till then, since they've really been putting them out in the PBE first. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, um, so, also, one of the things that I heard was, uh, that the devs are really trying to make all the controllers have their own identity, right? And it seems like Viper, very clearly has her own identity. All right, like you pick her for a specific purpose on a team and it kinda seems like, you know, with Astra, you just pick Astra as your default controller. Um, and so Hunter and I were talking about this a bit off podcast, but we we're just talking about ways in which they could really change up like Brim and Omen to to really make them have their own unique identity as a controller. And we, I don't remember exactly what was said, but I think we kind of went back and forth a bit and we weren't really sure how you go about and do that. So I'm interested to see what Riot ends up doing, if that is the direction they want to go into, Um, which I think would actually be really cool if each controller is very unique in what it is that they do, rather than it just being, hey, we want smokes, who knows how to play a controller.
1: Right. I think that um, something Cassie and I were talking about earlier was that if you're going to give each of the controllers a different identity, um, Omen and Brim are the two that are currently out of the meta and kind of need their own identity in the meta. So Omen would be the one where you would say flashing is his, is his identity. He's mm-hmm. the only controller with flashes. Um, yeah, and so movement I as think, well. And movement, yeah. So I guess you could go either one of those directions either make him a controller where movement is integral to his play or where flashing is integral to his play. But for either of those, you would need to add more to those, uh, to those current abilities where you Mm -hmm. need to give him more things that flash or I, I don't know, like the, the paranoia is fine. Um, but being such an expensive flash and, um, only having one of them is, uh, I don't know, makes him not as useful as having an Astra and a Sky or something like that. Right. Uh, But being able to kind of combine those roles as having someone with good flashes and can smoke would be, I think, a very good buff to Omen. I actually was really interested to see those proposed Omen buffs where his ult would flash people before it popped. Uh, However, Cass, I believe you said that Riot came out and said they were
0: uh, yeah, they they had, they had scrapped, or at least from what I have heard, not, I don't have a Twitter, I don't follow Riot's Twitter's account or anything, just from what I have seen on mostly Reddit, that people have in comment sections been saying that, like, they kind of scrapped that direction with Buffing Omen, and instead they want to, like, they they wanted to change him in some way so that he, you know, really has his own role, which um and like like you talked about right paranoia is pretty good right it's the only flash you can't dodge um and it goes through walls like if you're in its line there is nothing you can do about it um but the problem is it's very directional and if you made it kind of you know either wider or such that it spread out more I think that would be too strong. I think if you gave him two of them, that might be too strong. I guess economy kind of comes into play there. Um like it's not a a lot of the time unless you're winning consecutive rounds that you're going to have the money to buy both. But I I don't feel like that's the direction you should take him in. And and then when you want to talk about his movement, I feel like while his teleports are cool and I I think it's a, an interesting mechanic to to take off angles and high ground, like it's just so punishing if you try to do that kind of in the open, because it takes too long on both sides. Um, and so and Hunter and I were talking about that. Like, us say you made it instant? Like literally instant. Wherever you hit, you go, and then you pull your gun out and can shoot. Like that seems like that could be too strong as well
1: well, now you just have a character in the game that can do that, and that's Chamber. So I feel like you have to make that ability sort yeah. different than Chamber's Right, ability.
0: right, which is why I'm saying, like, I, I don't think either, I don't think a buff to either of his paranoia or his, his uh, shadow step, I believe is what it's called, um, is the right direction to take. And, like, I think they're really going to need to drastically alter the way in which one of those mechanics works. And at that point, You know, I mean, you get into the same thing that, like, we're talking about with all these hero changes, right? If you change up a character so much, like, you could very much run into the scenario in which people really liked the way in which the character behaved before. And if you change it up drastically, people could end up not liking the way that he plays. And so I, at least mentally, I'm kind of at a loss of exactly what to do regarding how he plays. And I'm sure you've got similar opinions on Brim if, like, when we talk about Brim here, besides the fact that his stim beacons are kind of fucking useless, but.
1: Hunter, look, you looked like you had something to say a second ago. You want to go ahead?
2: Yeah, thanks. Uh, One of the things that I was appreciating in my conversation with Cass about this earlier is that. The issue with the controllers right now isn't that they don't have their own unique strengths. When we, when Cass and I started this conversation, I thought Cass was arguing that like there's no re- there's no real difference between Omen and Brim, and I and I, I kind of understood what he was saying is that if you pick Viper, you're picking her for a very specific, you're picking her for a scenario in which her wall. And her smoke orb uh is going to be very useful in the site, and that's very different than scenarios in which the other controllers would be useful for to with their smokes. And the problem right now is that since smokes are the you know key thing about a controller, that with Brim and Omen, since their smokes are just decidedly inferior to Astra's. Overall, obviously, brims last longer, but Astra can th- throw five of them, and they don't have to be just smokes. Um, she has more, fl- so much more flexibility. And then Omen, his smokes, he only get he only gets two of them with, the, of course, the recharge over the round, and uh, those last a lot less long. Um, well, actually, I don't know how they compare to Astra compared to Brim. The the point is that the primary role of the three smoke of the three controllers besides Viper is to place smokes on the map, and the person who can most effectively do that is astra so the other benefits of omen and brim are somewhat superfluous because you want those you want the best most versatile smoke abilities and astra's other elements to her kit the the suck and the stun are also really strong and pairing with that versatility so that's that's the real problem with the agents that the primary reason you select a controller besides viper is for Smokes, and Astra is just simply the best Smoker in the game right now. So how to change that is the the issue, and I like Cass. I don't really know, so it'll be very interesting to see what Riot comes up with.
1: I mean, I think Viper, the reason why Viper is so different is because she can't just play Smokes. Right. right? She has to throw her Smoke Orb somewhere. So, I mean, being a controller, I guess you also have that with the wall, which is something that she has that other controllers don't, is that she has a piece of utility that is a controller based utility that's not a smoke um Mm -hmm. and i feel like i don't know how you give omen or brim something like that as well because that just differentiates viper so much that there are certain maps where you'd rather have the viper over the astra but then of the three that can just play smokes and that's their job astra's so much better uh because of her versatility as you said hunter
2: yeah, and You're I agree. Like, I think giving a viper wall to Brimmer Omen would be a terrible idea, and that's that's the rub. It's like, what do you do?
1: Yeah, right. I mean, you have to differentiate them somehow, completely different. Like, yeah, you can't just you wouldn't give them a viper wall because that would be Viper's thing. So mm-hmm. you you've got to give them something that makes them useful in scenarios where Astra isn't and Viper isn't. Which I don't. I have no idea how you would do that. Just for
0: reference here, Viper's wall is her E. Correct? Like the one she gets for free every round? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, see, now this is where I'd like to say that I think my ideas that we talked about in past po- in past podcasts are actually pretty good. Like I think Brim having a trophy system, good idea. You no, know, it gives him a place. I think omen smokes being able to stay wherever the fuck I throw them is a good idea. Um, creates one ways. But again, I'm not I'm not a dev, I don't know how to balance shit. Like, I, I I stand by my ideas in past podcasts. I think that they would work. But I, I don't know if that's the direction they want to take it in. And I don't know if that's enough to, to really give them their own identity.
3: Yeah. Well, I think that Valorant devs aren't really listening
1: to our podcast yet. So if any of you hey. listeners, you know, <laughs> know any Valorant devs and want to, you know, turn them on to drunk Valorant. Then they can listen to you know the the voice of the people down here in Silver, um, for That's the time moving. being at least.
0: The time being, in in a negative context, not not a positive context for the record here.
1: No, no, they, negative yeah, they can until Yoru rework. Options. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. obviously Hunter is going to be.
0: What, I believe say? he said he would be Plat when Yoru got buffed. I believe that is the statement. That so the the out.
1: act that Yoru got gets buffed. Hunter will be plat. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll make it official.
2: Platt. I'll make it official, but that's that is essentially what I was saying. Yeah. Yep. I was just At wondering if it was, if it was Platt or Diamond. It's Plat.
0: It's okay. I'm
2: I'm not saying diamond. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember whether it was plat okay, or diamond. So he's
0: he's feeling cocky. He's not taking his dick out and stroking it yet.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good way to say
0: it.
1: Yep. Okay, well, I mean, for the time being we're in silver, but do we maybe want to talk about Um, What keeps us there?
0: I I think that is a good segue here (laughs) into our second topic of the day here, which is uh, we're going to be talking about the ranked experience, right? Uh, Which this might come off at the end of the podcast as kind of sounding very rant-like, but I think we all have our own unique rants that we'd like to go off of and kind of just bitch about. Um, So I'm going to say – Rather than all of us just bitching about the current ranked experience, I'd like everybody to give one suggestion that they'd have to improve it first, and then we can complain about all the negatives. Um. So I, I'm gonna go ahead and start here. Just wait, wait, wait.
3: Isn't that
1: the same thing? Isn't suggesting something to fix it the same as complaining about something that's currently happening?
0: I'm saying that I want to hear some, you know. yeah okay, you're kind of you're making a lot of sense here. um they're similar, but I don't think they're the same if that makes okay sense.
1: okay, you start then
0: okay, so I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that um there should probably be a couple requirements that you need to check off in order to play ranked in the first place. Now, I know that there are those ten unrated wins that you have to get through, but I'm saying they introduced the account level mechanic um As a thing, I think perhaps maybe you need to reach, call it 25. Excuse me. Now, this number's coming out of my ass, right? (laughs) I don't know how long it takes to actually move up in that regard. But they should probably have a number that you need to get to before you can play ranked. Um, And at least personally, I would like to see a mic requirement. Ooh. Um. Okay. Th- those are those are the two big things that I I wanted to touch on.
1: I mean, I have some responses, but Hunter, do you want to you want to go first here?
2: Uh, I don't know. I'm still formulating my responses, so I'll actually let you go and then I'll Okay.
1: Help. Okay. First of all, I think that the 10 unrated wins is actually a better system to have in place than an account level because you just get XP like your account level from playing mm-hmm. games.
0: No, I'm
1: saying both. See, I don't understand what that changes, because you can just throw games and get your account level up. Um, While wins requires you to actually play in those games and to try to do well. You have to try to win those games. However, if you just have an account level uh, stat in there, then you can just go into a game and you can have a bot
3: throw games for you. Your account level is going to go up. Yeah, okay. I see that. And then a mic requirement, although,
1: yes, having a mic is such a huge part of this game that, like, I cannot even imagine playing without comms. Like, myself. Right? I get into so many lobbies, and I'm sure we will continue to talk about this, where people have no mics and do not deliver comms, and it
3: is absolutely terrible. But there are times where people do well without a mic.
1: You know, we'll, we'll be playing with our friends sometimes and they'll have to go into silent mode and like say, you know, their girlfriends in the room or, you know, there's their parents sleeping in the next room over, you know, whatever it is, um, that they can't be talking out loud right now, but they still want to play the game. And I still want to play the game with them. So I think that we should still be able to go into comp and we, we have our communication enough that we can do that um i feel like that should still be possible
0: Okay, yeah, i'm not going to go as far as to say that you need to use your mic but i think there needs to be one potentially there right because oh like kate's for example um Dude. alex's girlfriend our guest on two podcasts ago um she often doesn't like talking and will typically have us come for her to the other random people that were, that were queued with because it, she doesn't like speaking because she finds that oftentimes she gets a lot of shit for being a girl. Right. So I understand that not everybody wants to talk all the time. And like you said, you did list a couple situations where perhaps you talking is not.
1: Okay. Fuck my viable. situation. That's a way better situation of not wanting to talk.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, right. But I, I'm not saying you need to talk. I'm just saying you should have to have a mic hooked up in the first place. I don't want someone on my team who doesn't even have the ability to communicate, even if they wanted to.
1: But they have chat.
0: Which yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm is, gonna come in. So
2: limited, like. Well, what I'm gonna if you don't mind me jumping in here, Cass, mm-hmm. uh, piggybacking off of what Chase said about you know people who don't use the mic contributing well to the team. I think that even though there are some times when people just don't communicate at all, and then that's frustrating. I've had people use text chat and pings on the map effectively in order to communicate. And I've also, and I've had people with mics who only ever use their mics to say, Hey, can I get your skin or like yell at people for losing after they already died, pushing a site and taking an ego peek. So I don't, I don't know that the idea of requiring a mic is going to make things all that much better because if someone doesn't want to be on mic for whatever reason, whether, you know, they have a voice that either they're a girl or they have a voice that people make fun of. Maybe it just sounds a little different than the average voice or just because they prefer to communicate via pinging and text chat. Like, I, I don't know that that would solve the problem. And what it would do is it make a barrier to entry where Valorant has always been about, like, it's free, it runs on potatoes, like, it's always been about getting as many people in the door as possible, so I think the idea of, like, saying, oh, well, you need to have a mic for comp would really hurt the game at, overall.
1: I absolutely agree with that, and I feel like having a mic is, like, the, the problem that we have with people not having a mic and not calming is a function of our rank. And the fact that we have seen a progression, at least I have, because I was originally placed in iron. So as I have made my way up through iron, through bronze, into silver, um, my like high silver and gold games, almost everybody is calming the entire time. But then I get into a lobby with a bunch of bronze and nobody calms. So the fact that you not, don't have a mic is actually keeping these players down on average um into these lower ranks so if they don't have a mic that's what's keeping them there or at a part of what's keeping them mm-hmm. there whereas you learn to calm as you learn to communicate and play better with your team um you're going to be better at the game and you're going to move up in the ranks so you, at the higher ranks you don't have that as much of a problem or at the higher ranks you have people who can communicate effectively without a mic like hunter was saying where they can ping they can use text chat because there are people who can do that very effectively that I've seen in my games.
0: Okay, so actually you you just saying that kind of put a thought into my mind here. So, I used to play Call of Duty Black Ops 2 at a somewhat competitive level. They had a subsect called uh, League Play. And I was going to say, I, I, I wasn't an incredible Call of Duty player. I wasn't in the Immortal or radiant equivalent. I forget what the ranks are at this point. I was probably around middle of the pack, right? Like gold, plat, somewhere in that range back when I played. Um, but I think like number one, almost everybody had a mic and was calming. And I actually think one of the things that was now that you guys have brought this up, that kind of leads into that, is the base game, Call of Duty, is not inherently competitive, right? it it, the base game is very casual there are a bunch of playlists that you can join and just play to have fun in i i think it is safe to say that ranked queue is the most commonly queued for And, and i'm wondering if that is potentially you know something that is you know kind of holding it back in that ranked is not niche it's kind of the default
1: i feel like that's the game of valorant i i can't say for sure because that's not um i mean that that's not data that i have available to me Mm -hmm. but the game of valorant is a 5v5 competitive tactical shooter right so you're going to have competitive as the main aspect of play even if there are these other game modes that exist um but what i'm saying is that it doesn't matter because if you're not going to be calming and you're not doing well you will be held to these lower ranks uh, and then people who get out of that are able to experience maybe what the game is truly about. Um, mm-hmm. now
3: I think the question is can we get out of it? <laughs>
2: that's a good question. <laughs>
3: Hunter and what, claims and what's he will keeping be keeping us to from
2: getting it. out of it. Yoru being bad, that's what's keeping me from getting out of it. No. Mm,
0: me being bad is what's keeping me from getting <laughs> out of it. Like God I'm I am just so inconsistent. Like, and currently my, my match hit career history or whatever is a bit of an L where I've got a bunch of match MVPs and just like fat losses on them. Um, but I wouldn't say that's the standard. I'd say just a ton of the time. I don't play to the ability that like, I feel like I should be able to. And it's kind of, all over the place. You know like maybe a good round here, maybe a good round there and then filtered in are just me playing like shit, losing every gunfight. Um and I don't know I don't really know why that is.
1: I mean, I see the same thing where if I look back at my match history, there'll be games where I'm match MVP, I got 28 kills. Uh maybe we lost that game, maybe we won that game then the next game I got five kills. I was like five and 18. Why was it better opponents that I was playing against? Was I significantly worse on aim that game? I don't know. I'm also very hot and cold. Um, However, like I think in general, just in life, I'm more consistent than Cass is. I think we, there are multiple things that we do where Cass is very hot and cold and I'm more consistent. So I'd say that Valorant is, I'm, I agree with, the same sentiment there where I'm on average more consistent than Cass is, but Cass will have higher peaks and lower valleys. Lower,
0: lower troughs, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, disc golf's a good example, right? That yeah, we, we play both play disc definitely. golf um,
1: a lot. And so same thing is Cass yeah. will sometimes crush me and sometimes lose to me horribly, but I'm always around the same.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll add
2: into the conversation to... Some basically agree with what both of uh what you guys are saying that uh in case some of you listening to the podcast don't know that my me saying yoru's been holding me back is uh entirely facetious uh i've been playing since the game came out, and i've never been above silver three so uh yeah it's it's definitely also myself holding my me, me back and I also am inconsistent but part of the thing that's exciting for me about the yoru thing is that I enjoy. Playing Yoru so much when it's going well, that I haven't necessarily worked a whole lot on improving my gameplay beyond, you know, thinking about the game and working on my game sense and trying different things in game. Whereas once Yoru actually, uh, if Yoru is actually a quality agent that he's worth spending time on, I enjoy Yoru so much. But I will absolutely be grinding aim labs every day and, uh, you know, getting back into the deathmatch grind uh, in order to actually try to really work hard to improve, which I honestly haven't done since the first couple months of when I was playing. So that's why I am really excited about the Yoru change. But I totally agree that I also am very inconsistent and I'll have games where I'm leading the charge and then games where I am uh, bringing down the team. So I think we're all in the same boat. So sometimes we play like we're gold three
0: and sometimes we play like we're iron three. Yeah. um, I mean, I will say I do have a slight advantage over you guys in that I only ever play, well, at least at this point, I only ever play chamber. Like I will insta lock him in every lobby we get into. Um, And so I don't have to worry about, oh, did somebody lock my agent that I typically play on this map? Like, am I going to have to play smokes or am I going to have to play uh, a Sova here? Like, um. And so, I, I think I definitely have the advantage in terms of I know exactly what I want to do on every single map because I only ever play one or two agents, like being either Jet or Chamber, and I play them rather similarly. At least on defense, I'm going to take an aggressive angle, and I'm going to fuck off when the time isn't, or when I don't get an advantageous situation. Um. And so I think I definitely have the advantage of not needing to try and adjust my gameplay to suit what our team comp is. And in certain scenarios, Hunter, I feel like you specifically, that does hold you back. Because you will fail in certain team comps. And, like, for example, I know how... Because Omen is another character that I could play. I know how Omen's utility works, right? I I know where I should be placing smokes, or I know if we trying, if I'm trying to get aggressive, or I'm trying to flash for a teammate. I know good paranoia angles and stuff like that to try to get my teammate into position. But it's not something that I do consistently, and it's not something that I find me myself wanting to to fill into um and i find that a lot of times that can hurt your performance if you're trying to to fill for your team
2: yeah i i would agree with that to an extent um there've definitely been times when i've actually mained an agent like when killjoy came out for a couple months i actually mained killjoy and before that i mained phoenix but uh, to an extent, I kind of enjoy the fill role. For one, you know, it it makes me feel that I have a, there's a little bit less pressure on me because, you know, whenever you take an agent that someone else is hovering, even if you discuss it with them, if you say, hey, do you mind if I play Reyna, for example? And you're like, yeah, she's my main, but I'm happy to fill. Like, then all of a sudden, you know, you start not playing very well, and they're like, and you know, they're thinking, damn, I wish I would have just insta-locked Reyna I would have been doing that so much better. Whereas if you're filling, like, you know, it, it's a little bit less pressure on your shoulders, and I enjoy mixing things up. I enjoy, like, you know, playing Killjoy on Haven, and then if we lost and it didn't go very well, then I can switch over to Reyna and, or Phoenix or Jed or Yoru and then just be hyper-aggressive. But, yeah, I I agree that that's another reason why I'm hoping that Yoru gets buffed to the point where he is really good, because then I, I absolutely will main Yoru, or I will almost always pick Yoru, and that will allow me to, you know, really learn the ins and outs of him more than I have when I'm playing literally, like, seven different characters, depending on the situation.
1: I mean, I think that, for me, I will never main a single agent. I don't want to say never because maybe an agent comes out as Chamber did to UCast that completely fits mm-hmm. my playstyle and that's all I want to play. But there is a different agent that I want to play on different maps. And whether that be, you know, Sova, Brim, Breach, like I if they get locked, I will fill. Um with probably one of the other agents that I play because they're useful. Like if Sova gets locked. In, in our rank, like, it's unlikely someone's going to be playing Smokes, and then I'll play Brim. If someone insta-locks an Omen, then I'll lock a Sova. So I think that between those two, I can pretty much cover all of my bases. Um, but there are certain maps, specifically, where I want to play an Agent. Like, if Icebox comes up, I'm insta-locking Sova. Because I'm not playing Brim on that. I'm not yeah. playing Breach. I like I will play Sova on Icebox. Um but you know, like if it really came to it, if someone else just had the better ping and got there before me, then <laughs> I have agents I can fall into in other roles. It is my biggest pet peeve in the fucking game though, when somebody locks the agent that I want to play on that map, and then they're worse than me. Yep.
3: Yeah. yep. It is the <laughs> worst
1: feeling in the world when you load into the lobby and you're like, okay, they they insta locked the brim. I was hovering Brim and they locked them. So they must be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Like when you were hovering too, and they didn't discuss it with you, they just fucking lock it. And they're like, okay, uh, like this Brim, they, they better do well. I've got to play Sova on Haven now where like, I don't know any lineups because I don't usually play Sova on Haven, but you know, like maybe this Brim's got it. So they go in and then they drop a smoke that blocks off your entire team from, uh,
2: entering site. Yeah. (laughs) What do you mean? A cat? Smoke? (laughs)
1: Like, there's just, there's just times where you just, the person that locked the agent I wanted to play completely fucks you. And maybe like, if I was doing it, I'd be like, oh my, my bad, you know? But like, it, it's hurts more because you wanted to play and you know, you would not have done that same thing. Yep. Um, so, yeah, yeah,
0: that that sucks. I, I used to have that happen to me before Chamber came out, and I was exclusively a Jet And someone would lock Jet, and I'd play Omen. And, like, there was one game in particular that I'm thinking of on Haven, where I, by far and away, top-fragged. Completely carried my team, and then there's Jet sitting, like, bottom of the scoreboard. I'm just you're like, like "Oh, if only oh, I was jet." I'm like, "Fuck. Yeah. Dude. Like, just, just I should have taken that jet." <laughs> yep. <laughs> um yeah, I, I I will say now I back back when I did um solo main jet and had omen as a like uh, you know, a, a plan B, I wouldn't feel confident enough to insta lock jet unless Like okay, there were definitely times where I was feeling really cocky, and I'm like, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play jet here. I'm gonna tear up this lobby." Um, But with Chamber, I like that he's not anywhere near as popular, and I have no problem insta-locking Chamber. I don't know if that's because quote unquote his tag is Sentinel or not, (laughs) but I have no problem insta-locking him. And I'm not gonna say I do well every game. There are definitely games where I play like shit and I was just talking about my consistency I find that I'm not very consistent but I find that I'm not taking away something that one of my other teammates would have would have played and is going to feel really salty about not getting
1: I understand that I feel like because chamber is a sentinel people can fill around chamber pretty easily and because he's a new character in the game uh not as popular as jet not a must pick uh, at this point, as far as we know, um, because we've never seen him played competitively and the competitive meta, like, obviously trickles down into the competitive, like,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, into, you know, our ranked play. But I think that when you insta-lock chamber, most people, even if they were like, oh, I'd try out chamber at this point, they have their old mains that they're just going to fall back on. Um, I'm sure there are a couple people like you who have dedicated their entire main to Chamber at this point, and hopefully you don't get into the same lobby
0: as them. Right. Yeah, like, right. I, I still feel okay playing Jet. Like, if somebody does Instalock Chamber, I will most likely, like, say, like you're saying, somebody's got that better ping than I do, right? They go in the Instalock Chamber before I even, like, get into the Agent screen. I'm probably going to Instalock Jet at that point um, because I. Do not like playing smokes i play way too aggressively
3: for that um like if i'm
0: like i feel like my first blood to first death ratio is pretty good but i always go for those opening duels and if i'm the smoke smoke's player i should not be oh, and yeah, that is a terrible just, idea yeah you know? that is just so against the way that i play that i find that i should not be the one to try and fill smokes. Um. So, if somebody were to I haven't run into this situation yet, but if someone were to insta lock Chamber, I would probably just go and mock Chat
1: well, I mean, you know that's why I became a Brim main is because I had to fill smoke so often,
0: right so like the first the first time I was like,
1: "Oh no, we have no smokes, like I can't play sova, someone's locked sova um, I just picked Brim. I was like, "I guess I gotta play Brimstone, and I heard he's the easiest controller to play." And then now I've become a bit of a Brim main, uh, because a lot of my ranked games, people don't play Smokes. Um, yeah. And I think at this rank, people aren't playing Astra, because Astra is really difficult to play. But they also know that, like, Omen and Brim are out of the meta. So they don't want to play those characters. They choose to play other characters, because they think that Omen and Brim are bad, and Astra's too hard to play. So if we're, if we're on a map that favors Viper, like Icebox or, uh, Breeze, then maybe you'll have a Viper main and that's fine. But I think often you'll find a, a gap in Smoke's players because of that reason.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, the, the conversation about Astra kind of ties back into what we were talking about earlier and what my suggestion for changing the ranked experience is going to be, or my two suggestions, um, I think uh, the reason why people don't play Astrodar our rank is twofold. One is that, yeah, she is a bit more unintuitive to play at first. Like, the learning curve with her is steeper than probably any of the other smoke agents. Um, but I think another big part of it is that Astras really depend on team coordination more than the other controllers. Because, first of all, they're vulnerable while they're in their astral form. Because they can't hear anything and they are completely defenseless. Unlike... Brim or Omen, who can actually see all the the minimap information and hear audio while they're in the process of getting their smokes ready to go. So, you know, if your team just decides suddenly without calling it to rotate off the site where you're standing by the alt orb, preparing to smoke it off with uh, Astra, you know, they could just swing and kill you. Whereas with Brim or Omen, you're very aware of what's going on around you. So there's a big comfort factor there. And then when it comes to actually, you know, deploying her utility, uh, if your team plays a scenario very differently than you're expecting as Astra, then your stars really have a lot less utility. Um, yeah. So do, do you guys mind if I transition sort of into my suggestion or do do we have more to say about the controllers? Cause I didn't mean to cut anyone oh, off. I just no, have a, a segue here.
0: Well, I just saw one quick comment before, but I would yeah, like yeah. to hear your suggestions. Yeah, go um, ahead. Do Omen and Brim not kind of suffer from that exact same thing? Whereas I don't think many people use Omen's alternate smoke throw, in which you can still see everything, and you just throw it, and it kind of shows up on your screen, and you have to look at your mini map to go its positioned. Doesn't that also cut audio? And same thing with like Brim when Brim's looking at his fucking iPad or whatever. Like, it's not like he could realistically react to a gunfight. Like, if no, you, no, if... but you
1: can hear everything that happens around you in those things, other than yeah. Um, other Pen- Like, if you're in Astroform, you are completely defenseless.
0: Okay. Can Pen- Omen, you hear things going on when he throws in his other thing? And I know I am kind of the resident. You're the one that would know. Here. I, I don't oh, know. I mean, I've played probably, probably as much
2: Omen as yeah. You've probably played as much Omen as me. Did- I was trying Pen- to think. I, I believe... I'm I not entirely sure, but I believe yes, and here's the thing, you also see, even if you're in the main smoke throw, where you see everything with that, like, blue-gray, yeah. like, you can actually see enemy outlines if your team is seeing them. So, like, if I'm smoking on a site, and my team has vision on enemies, I'll see those enemies in red in my, like, smoke form, so I'll have an idea of where the enemies are, which okay. is uh, I, still very Yeah, nice I,
0: I guess I just haven't played Omen in a very long time.
2: Yeah, I've actually had a couple I would... different scenarios where I've been in my smoke-throwing form, mm-hmm. and then I've seen someone right in front of me in my smoke-throwing form who didn't expect to see me there, and I've been able to, like, cancel my smoke-throwing to then shoot them. It's, of course, very very panic-inducing okay. when that yeah. happens, but, like, that's just impossible with Astra.
0: Yeah, okay. I just didn't know how that entire mechanic worked. But okay, Hunter, Like, yeah. let's hear your suggestions here. What do you got for? Us? Yeah,
2: so when when Cass when when you were initially asking what my suggestions are for ranked, I didn't. I was kind of coming up with nothing, but then I actually sort of have modifications to both of the things that you said that I think might accomplish a similar thing to what you were intending, but maybe with a little bit less of an impact. So first of all, when it comes down to where I where I connected this was with the Astra in terms of the team coordination, when it comes to the mics, right now you have an option for every. Uh, every person on your team, if you hit escape and then can see all the people on your team to enable voice chat and to enable text chat. What if there was a third option that was off by default called text to speech? So if you check that and it's all, it's always off for every game, unless I guess you could maybe have a setting to have it on. So then if you have someone who you see is giving really good call outs in the text chat because they don't want to use their mic for whatever reason, uh, and, you know, they're not spamming with ridiculous nonsense, they're keeping it very much on point, and they're not using their mic, you can check that box, and now you don't have to read the chat if, you know, they're dead and you're alive, uh, and the, and the, it's just, you know, reading it off to you. I think that could be a really interesting way to, uh, you know, help bridge that gap a little. What do you guys think about that?
1: Okay, so this is an option where you would have to individually check this for your teammates in a game.
2: Yeah, I mean, right? I guess, It, would, only, it yeah. would read out to you. Yes, yes, not the entire team.
1: Yeah. I, I actually really like that idea, just to have the option of, okay, this teammate is giving, like, in-chat call-outs, which happens to me all the time where people are doing that, mm-hmm. and I don't see it because I'm in the middle of a clutch situation, right. and I don't know if I'm reading the text chat.
3: Mm-hmm. But then I'll yeah. see
1: post-round after I die or after I win that they were giving call-outs the entire time. Mm-hmm. But I... I like, you don't register that because you're not hearing it. I think that yeah. the option to turn on, like, I see that once. You're like, oh, I should turn on, uh, like, text-to-voice, text voice. text-to-speech, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then their call-outs, whatever they type in
0: chat, are going to be played through your headset. I think that that's very useful. I'm I'm never going to say no to more options. Mm-hmm. Like, I think more options is great, right? Um, That being said, I still have my qualms against like I, there there's so many situations that I find myself in game where I'll call out and it won't be the best call out, right? But like I'll be like just to someone who's pushing with me, right? If I die, I'll be like to your right. And the person and like I'll just say that in voice chat. I won't say hey uh hey raise to your right or like hey raise in right. that cubby. Like I'll literally just say to your right because You know, time is kind of of the essence in that scenario. Um, And I I have had other people on the team be like, yo, like, what the fuck is that call out? And I'm like, well, the person that I was pushing with understood what I was saying. Right. But like, that's a very time sensitive call out. And I don't think there's any way that's coming through through text chat. Like, it just takes you too long to get that out there. Um, So I've got my qualms against how effective that'll be. But in general, I really like the idea. See, I think uh, like, that I think it's a really good idea. I think it gives people more options. Me specifically, it gives me more options to have that teammate who is using text chat to give more or better comms. I think it's a great idea.
1: See, Cast, you're right. That obviously voice comms are better. Mm-hmm. No one's arguing that, but we are arguing that there are times when people do not want to give voice comms, and I think the example you gave up where where the person playing is a girl and they often experience harassment from people when they like use voice comms, uh, Mm. which is terrible and an awful way to experience the game. Um, If they don't want to use voice chat because of that, I completely understand. And I think that it would be great to have an option to have them give comms in another way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'll, I'll add to what Jace was saying in that, um, in, in that scenario, cast where you know you're pushing with someone and you get killed, and you need to tell someone right away. Oh, there's someone behind this box. Um, obviously, voice chat is going to be the fastest, but probably the solution there is to ping. Uh, pings are also yeah, close that, yeah. Pings would be the the better yeah, option I, over text speech in that case.
0: I, I just have such a hard time pinging because I play with the rotating minimap. I don't know how you guys do it. Well, that's your first um, mistake. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no. I <laughs> play like play I like rotating my mini-map. rotating minimap.
2: I what? like my rotating
0: mini-map. You're an uh, absolute psychopath, Cass. We we can talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but basically the problem that I have with my rotating mini-map is when I die and I hit map or caps to pull up the map, it pulls it up in the, you know, attacker down here. Sorry, I, we're not doing a video thing here. Uh, attacking side <laughs> on the bottom, defending side on the top, right? And it gives you bird's eye view, just straightforward in that orientation um and where my mouse is to ping something is going to be in a very different spot than where it is when i pull my map up so i actually have a really hard time right after death pinging something but you give voice comps i do give voice comps
1: so it doesn't matter
0: yes yeah yeah i would
2: say if you uh you know if you for some reason your your mic broke, friend. You couldn't get a new one for a period of months. You should just, you know, switch your map to not rotate. <laughs> if you maybe, to give pings more often. <laughs> yeah,
1: like you would adapt
0: yeah.
2: because the pings are more effective
1: if you know where you're about to ping.
0: Yeah, well okay. Yep. Do any guys any guys drive like have driven cars that have like the, either the built-in GPS or have like a separate GPS unit in your car? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yes. growing up
1: you, you mean cars yeah i've driven a car well
0: <laughs> okay there are a lot of cars that don't have built-in gps okay my car does not have a gps yeah you, yeah, you said it, or like, a separate gps on unit like, in your car like yeah who, who has never
2: done that i guess like kids i guess kids are growing up just with phones that they use fuck, I, I, I,
0: I don't know i didn't i don't want to seem elitist here
1: well okay so but what I we should say is if you have driven a car but not wait if you have not driven a car that has had a GPS, you're probably too young to be listening to this podcast.
0: Yeah. Wait, what? No, there's so many people that have cars that don't have GPS. Your car is a brand new 2021 car, doesn't have a GPS in it.
1: Well, way to out me on that one. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yes.
1: And I've still driven a car with a GPS, That's an branded. external unit at least. like
0: Sure. And okay. in an Uber. Okay, fine. Just... Whatever, that's not the point here. Okay. Um, and also, fuck you. When you use Google Maps, you have your you have your car driving forward no matter what, and the map rotates around it. But yeah, I'm, I'm not playing, playing, because I've, I'm not playing I've Valorant. Operated, I have operated car. your phone when you're using the GPS on your phone. Wait, wait, um, is
2: the whole point of this to say the map rotates as you drive? Well, no. Oh, was that your entire yeah. point?
0: Oh yeah, my kinda. god! I have no idea. What was <laughs> I was going to say. I was, was going to so... say, <laughs> say that my my parents in their cars have always set the GPS to be no matter what north is up on the map. Oh, and I hated that's
1: Disgusting! That. That's disgusting. I hated that. That is. Disgusting. I like
0: the map to rotate around which direction I'm driving the car in. Um. <laughs> and that is just oh. what I was going to reference here when you're talking about static. Okay, oh, okay. That okay. makes it. sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah.
1: You're, you're making a good argument. It was a mm-hmm. very long road to get there, yeah. but uh, you, you made a good point.
0: Okay. At this point, I would like to to call back something that Chase pointed out here. Have any of you guys ever been in a game where a female talked and then got a bunch of spit on for being a girl? Absolutely. Because I have not experienced that once.
1: Yeah, I I was in a game a couple of weeks ago where one of my teammates spoke up and she was female and another one of my teammates immediately started harassing her. And I immediately spoke up and said, "Hey, if you say one more word, I will be reporting you."
3: Yeah. But I want to like,
1: hear your comms so I don't want to do that. Right. So Good, well said. Yeah, so obviously that's he, he shut up for, for the rest of the game. Okay, <laughs> and we were able to hear comms for the entire team. But I, I literally, like, I immediately said, "Hey, I want to hear your comms because mm-hmm. that will help our team win the game." But if you say one more word against our teammate here, or in the lines of what you were just saying, I will have to mute you and report you. And that's not what I want to do. And I mean, it. So it is a valid complaint from, like females that use the game, that it does happen and it happens a lot.
2: Yeah. I was, I was going to answer Cass's question. Uh, I personally have not experienced someone being actually harassed, but I absolutely have on multiple occasions, you know, had scenarios where guys were definitely acting weird around a girl, whether they were always trying to like give her skins or like always trying to talk to her throughout the game. Like, it's very clear they were giving her unwanted attention, and I think what's important to note about this conversation is just because I haven't, like, seen it myself, like, I'm not at all doubting what uh, Chase said or what our, our friends' experience is, that it absolutely does happen. And I think, you know, you can look at the region where you're playing, or you can look at the rank that you're playing at, and I'm, I'm sure it varies hugely in terms of how much of a problem it is. Um but it definitely is a problem, so I just really want to emphasize that. I'm not saying it's not a problem because I haven't really seen it to the extent that Chase was describing. I totally believe it is, and well, he, even the minor, more minor instances I said aren't good either. I mean,
1: even my example was one specific example, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen every single game to some people.
0: Right, like I, I, I wasn't right. yeah, trying to say that like it wasn't an issue or anything. I was just saying I personally have not been in a situation where I have come across any of that.
2: Oh, yeah, and, I wasn't trying now, to suggest granted, that's what
0: you were saying, Cass. No, no, I just wanted yeah, to make yeah, sure no, that I the understand. people I'm listening to the like, podcast granted, understood that. Granted, I do yeah. play with the two of you quite frequently, so that's three out of five people in the lobby, right? Yeah. Um, Because I almost never solo queue. So yeah. like <laughs> Actually, last night, that.
2: Cass and I were queuing with uh, another, people, another person from Cass and Chase's house, so it was, th- was three of us dudes, and we ended up queuing with a two-stack of girls. And so none of us were harassing them, and they were both girls, so no harassment in that game. So yeah,
0: yeah that that does point, decrease gosh. our chances.
1: Never happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I, I I was just kind I was just curious to to know whether any of you guys had run across that because obviously I think that is a massive problem within like gaming as a whole, right? Um, because I have encountered this back when I played uh, Destiny on the PS4. Like one of the girls in our clan would somewhat routinely get harassed by randoms that we'd add like to raid with and like I mean we like from our perspective like we just insta kick them from from the party. But it, it's just like it's something that I had not yet experienced in Valorant. and I think in general, like Valorant has a fairly decently sized female community. And yeah. like more so than other games that I have played Especially
2: CSGO, which is the most direct comparison.
0: I think right. um, the stats would support there are hugely more women in Valorant than CSGO. Like, I mean, to be quite, to be quite honest, and I think it's a good thing, but I was just surprised that I had not run into that yet. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I
1: mean, maybe that is a good sign that you haven't, but mm-hmm. I mean, I have at least in that one instance, and I'm not saying that's the only instance, there's probably been more where more along the lines of what Hunter was saying just girls get treated differently which mm-hmm. is yeah weird um i mean obviously from my perspective i just want them to give comms just like any other teammate <laughs> yeah. so the yeah, more yeah. i can encourage them to talk during the game the better
2: yeah and i i along those lines i've definitely had many scenarios where someone uh isn't giving much for comms and maybe i'm with some friends i'm like damn, I wish this person would, you know, give any sort of comms whatsoever. And they finally give a calm when it's really important. They say it kind of quietly. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that's a girl. And they were, del- they were trying not to- – they were worried about being on the mic because, you know, they've experienced some problems with that. And so they, they probably uh, – made- or they were worried about experiencing problems. And so mm-hmm. they didn't want to put their voice out there until it was really essential. So that's definitely a sign of the fact that it- things should be better and – uh i don't I don't know off the top of my head maybe that the report system gives you like feedback when someone's banned better, supposedly it does that already, but it seems like people aren't really getting those messages. I don't understand it entirely, but it I've seems never like it'd be good a good message,
1: them. but I've reported a lot of people, so I don't know how Like how yeah it works or it, right like i don't I don't know if I'm sure there's a volume requirement for complaints for riot to actually look into something, so who knows maybe. Like, the people that I've reported have been one-off cases, but, um, yeah, I don't know how that how that works.
0: Yeah, yeah. like, I was going to say, like, I I have no doubt in my mind that somebody, for some reason, has reported me for something. Like, I, I very much think I am not a toxic person when it comes to gaming, but, like, yeah. I have no doubt in my mind that, within my time playing Valorant, somebody has reported me for something. Oh, for sure. Right? Same be it because I insta-locked a character that they wanted to play and they're just salty about that, or I perhaps said something over comms and they thought that I was being, you know, aggressive with it when I was just trying to relay information. Um, like, I I don't think that I've, I've flamed anybody over voice comms or anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody... like I mean, this-
1: or in the case where, you know, they're being really toxic and
2: you call them out and they report you. Like that could yeah, really I don't know
0: if I've called it. anybody out for being toxic either.
2: Yeah, I'm the most likely to get those kind of reports. I, I do uh, enjoy being toxic if someone's being toxic towards me. <laughs> but I, I limit my toxicity to them only. I, I don't become toxic towards
0: everyone else.
1: Yeah, I mean, I prefer not to be toxic in those scenarios, back to yeah. them, but I will absolutely call them out. Mm. Right, right.
0: I don't know if I've ever called anybody out for that either. Yeah, I, like like you said, you said you've reported a bunch of people... I think I've reported probably less than ten people in the amount of time I've played, and out of the people that I have reported, it's most likely been people smurfing.
1: I mean, I if there's very like obviously. very egregious smurfs, I'd absolutely report them immediately. I, but I also report, you know, if the rest, if my opponent's team is asking me to report somebody, I'll report them. Uh, if somebody's throwing on
2: my team, I'll I'll report them. All all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Well, question for you, Chase. Do you report a smurf just because they're smurfing or is it that they tend to do something toxic as well as smurfing? No, I'll, I'll report an egregious smurf. Yeah. Interesting. Is there, there's not a smurfing report tag though, right? So what would you put there? Um, I have no idea. I'll, I'll select something. I can't remember
1: exactly (laughs) what the options are, but I'll report them for something. Yeah. I (laughs) I select other,
0: I select other and just write obvious smurf in the comment box. Yeah. Like
1: even if they're on my team, I'll still report them. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like they'll help me win a game. They'll carry me through an entire game. I'll still report them because I know what it's like to be on the other team Mm -hmm. when somebody's dropping like 45 kills
2: so have you reported alex for smurfing that that's the question <laughs> no i have not reported alex for smurfing. i'm gonna say he's absolutely dropped 40 bombs in our games
0: <laughs> at times
3: actually the, the
0: the times that i see alex actually try in our games though is when the other team also has a smurf that is true that yeah and then it becomes a battle of the smurfs which like i have seen before but for for the most part I feel like he's not balls-to-the-wall sweating.
2: That is true, yes.
1: Yeah, he, he never, true. like, there are a lot of games where he just doesn't buy a
2: rifle, ever. Yeah, so so I guess that's the distinction there. If someone is, like, really being a tryhard as a smurf, that's when also, you pull out there. report. Yeah,
1: when, when somebody's, okay. like, bought a rifle every round and they've dropped 45 kills and it's, they're, like, they're, like, I'm Iron 3. I'll be, like, no, you're obviously not. Then I'll yep. report them. I'll wait until Something... after the game where I actually see what their rank is. Because, you know, some people can be trolling and they'll actually be, be Silver 3. But when people ask their rank, they say I'm Iron 3. Um, And then I'll wait till after the game. I'll see, like, okay, were they... Did they play as I would expect someone in that rank to play? And maybe they were just yeah. having a pop-off game. Yeah. But if I see that they play like that and they were the worst ranked player on their team, then I'm going to be like, okay, you were obviously smurfing. I'll report you.
0: Okay, something that I just thought was BM in um the game that we played earlier today on Icebox that went to Overtime. In Overtime, the chamber on the other team bought a fucking marshal, and I died <laughs> to it because I bought an off no shields. Now, granted, <laughs> they bring in play to him, but it's like a fucking marshal in Overtime? I don't think I've ever seen that. Like that is it, wild. Like uh, the the time, like I I died to the marshal, and I was genuinely like jaw on the floor, like flabbergasted.
1: I remember seeing you die. I I was still alive, but I remember like seeing that you died come up on my screen, and you coming out and being like, "Fuck a marshal," <laughs> and being like, "Oh my god." He bought a Marshall in
0: overtime. Like, that was just so insane. Just some, that's just some BM, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, is he smurfing, bad. probably? No, no, there's no way he was smurfing. Um. If Got I it. had to take a guess... Oh, so this think, doesn't relate at all? No, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it was just you talking about people exclusively playing with, like, lower-tiered guns. And, yeah. like, this came to my mind because we literally just played this game. Um, and I was just like, like, it's fucking overtime. <laughs> like, why do you have a Marshall? Okay, yeah, actually Hunter,
1: wild. Hunter, you had a second option after the, th- I did. this whole thing has been voice, or text-to-voice. Like
2: Yes, it's all
1: very, very focused on text-to-voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, it all spawned yeah. from that.
2: <laughs> so, I, uh, I on, the, on the notion that Cass raised of, you have to get to it a certain, you, you have to get to a certain account level before you can play competitive. I think being as strict as that does raise the problems that Chase brought up, where you have a lot, you have a lot of people bot farming again. Where you know, if you remember back when you just had to play ten unrated games, wait, was it? No, it was twenty. You had to play twenty unrated games. You had a lot more cases of people either actually having a macro going to be not AFK and spawn, or just very clearly not even trying to do anything fun in the game, just, like, absolutely throwing unrateds. Um, And that was a problem. That's hard to fix with that. And then I also had had the idea before that I kind of ended up discounting, which was, what if there was, like, a separate queue for people who are over, like, a certain account level? And I think that in addition to, you know, still people trying to farm up to that, one of Riot's biggest things is that they they really want to keep queue times down, especially for with the exception of the new five stack thing, where you know they're they're admitting it can take a really long time if you have a, a broad rank disparity. Uh, if you if you're at similar rank with the people you're queuing with, they really want to keep that queue short, and I think they've done a pretty admirable job of doing it. I very rarely have to wait more than five minutes to get into a match if I'm solo queuing or with uh, you know people of my same rank, and that's even when I'm playing at a weird hour of the night. So what I thought is, what if they change the way the competitive queue algorithm works now so that it uh, biases you towards matching with players on your team and the other team who have a similar account level as you? So if you have a level 5 account that you just made, it tends to put you up with people who also are have a low account level. And then if you're a level like 50+, plus, then it's going to try to put you with... I don't know if it would be a certain distribution based on your level or if there'd be tiers of it or whatever, but it would try to match you with people who are close to your account level. And of course, there would be some nuance to it to where if it's having a hard time finding those people, then once the queue got to it, once you were in queue for a certain amount of time, then it would go ahead and say, okay, we're just going to throw whoever in here. But if it it was biased towards that, maybe it'd even be a a toggleable setting for you that you could say, You know, I want to prefer to play with people similar to my account level, even if it increases my queue time slightly, or you could uncheck that just to have the fastest queue possible. And that could be a way to sort of, you know, balance things out for those of us who have a lot of time in the game and would prefer to not play with Smurfs if possible. What do you guys think about that?
0: Um, Hunter, I really like your idea here, but I'm going to have to call for an intermission right now.
2: All right. I was good. I was feeling the same thing. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
3: We can intermission. Okay, now that we're back, uh, Cass, yep. do you want to respond
1: to that? I,
0: actually, I was going to say, Chase, I don't know if I've heard your lovely voice enough. Do you, uh, you want to take this away, or do you want me to start up here? No, you start up. Okay. Um, I like the idea. I do. Uh, and it's something that I have seen other games implement in reverse, as in... I don't know if you guys know how shadow banning works. Uh, but shadow banning is a system that, rather than outright telling you you're banned... Because the people are just likely to go create a new account or whatever. they it, It's something that um, games have done a lot with cheaters. And rather than them being like, oh, hey, by the way, your account's banned for cheating. They just put you into queues with other cheaters. And it's called getting shadow banned. Um, and I think that. this works in the opposite manner of being like, hey, um, you you can choose and elect to play against uh people at your similar account level. And I, I genuinely think it, it should probably be like, you know, just whatever threshold they decide and up because like obviously farming that kind of XP takes a really long time. And people that are buying Smurf accounts or playing on a Smurf account are probably not going to put in the time it takes to get uh, a super high account level. And so I think it should, you should probably just have a box that you can check that says, like, whatever Riot decides, X account level and above. I'm like, I don't think there's a difference, at least for me, between me playing with someone who's, like, account level 90 versus account level 300. Yeah. Right? Like, Whoa. I have... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I'm just saying, I have, equally, I have an equal amount of faith that neither of them is a Smurf. And I think that that's great. If I can just say, hey, I would like to queue with people above, call it 50. Again, pulling a number out of my ass. But, like, I I think that would be a really nice queue option. And it, it eliminates the chance of you running into a level 5. This person just created a Smurf account, just played through their 10 unrated games to get those wins, and is now going to run rampant in your lobby.
2: Yeah, so, I'll actually kick this yeah. over to Chase. I do have a thought, but I'm curious about okay. Chase. That's okay, what see,
1: I think it shouldn't be a selectable option. I think that, I mean, having it as a selectable option is, I guess, what Cass was saying. You know, more, more variety, more choice. But I do really like the idea, but as something that's maybe second to your rank. You know, however they queue with you now, like your hidden MMR. Um, I think secondary, they should try to put you with people around your similar account level Uh, because in general, that's going to be people who have been playing the same, the game for as long as you are or have been and who are, are trying to get out of the same rank that you are. Um, I think it'll more likely put you with people who are in the same place. Whereas if you are a low account level, you might be just still trying to learn the game Um, or like maybe you're, Aim is really good, so you're up high in in the ranks, but you still don't have game sense, that kind of thing. So I feel like if it disadvantages people with lower account levels, that's fine because it allows them more time to play the game and get better at it and then increase their account level, increase where their rank will be. Uh, But I, I do like the adaptation that Cass was saying that once you get over a certain level, it doesn't really matter. Because, as you were saying, if if two players are both silver one and one is account level ninety and the other is
3: account level one hundred and fifty, it's the same. I they're both probably skill level silver one.
2: Yeah, what I'm gonna slightly disagree with both of you here. Uh, so first, with with what Cass was saying, with having like a a, a number that Riot picks, like suppose they say you know. 40 to pull a a number out of the air that 40 would take a long time to grind up to if you were trying to get a a smurf but like if you're above 40 you probably aren't a smurf Um, if they pick a, a, a hard level then you still run into the problem of you know first of all if people can sort of by trial and error find out where that level is then there still is the problem of people who will put in the time to grind up to that specifically to be able to smurf and when you brought into as well you brought into the equation account selling you know, if if someone can make a good bot that doesn't get detected by Riot to AFK in an unrated game to, you know, get up to that level, it might take a lot longer, but they could still do it. So what I, as I've been thinking about this, I think probably what the best thing to do is Riot has a lot of data, right? And they know what people's account level distribution is. And even before account level was officially a thing, they knew, like, how many, how much time people had spent playing the game. So, like if I think about my time playing Valorant and when the smurfing, uh, when smurfing really exploded, I think it was in like late fall of 2020 because, you know, right when ranked came out uh, everyone was excited to see how high they could climb. And really at that point, no one was smurfing because everyone thought, Oh, maybe I'll be able to climb higher. And then smurfing really started once people started to get to this, the, the, the sensation of, Oh, I'm stuck here. I I'm, plateauing and I want to have some easier games or I want to play with my friends. Um, So if you look at the account level, even though of course account level wasn't a thing back then, but it could still be calculated the same way. If you look at the account level of the average Smurf in, you know, November of 2020, their account level would probably be less than 20 easily because you know, Smurfs were just becoming a thing. They couldn't have played that much at that point. But at this point, like if you look at what could be a smurf. I mean some of I, I have had a lot of different old accounts, so none of my smurfs, even though they end up being like a couple ranks lower than my main, so they're not really smurfs. But like looking at some friends of ours that we have, some friends of ours have smurfs that uh are really high account levels because they've had them for a while and used them for a while. So I think that having A heart, like an actual set limit for, okay, this is what identifies you as not a Smurf, is not as good as, you know, putting an increasing band the higher your rank goes. Because I do agree with you guys that there's not a big difference between a level 90 and a level you know 120. So maybe if you're level 30, then it's it goes for a bit of a narrower band. And you know, of course the lower your level is, then the the more accounts there will be in that in that area. So if you're level 30, it tries to match you with people between 20 and 40. But then once you get up to, you know, 80, then it matches you with people between 60 and 100. And that's something that they could I'm sure program an algorithm for to have that scale be based on the overall distribution of account levels throughout the player base. I think that might be better than having a, you know, an actual cap, uh, not, not a cap, sorry, not a cap, an actual like set number. What do you guys think about that?
1: Well, I agree with you that I I basically, I agree with you as long as this account rank is secondary to their hidden MMR or whatever else they, Oh, sure. Sure. Do, I totally agree. Thank
3: you. So I don't yeah. think
1: that they should prioritize um ranking you or like matching you with people of the same account level i think that they should they should try but it's not essential
2: fully um, agree fully agree
1: because i think that one you you talked about q times where i think that having q times lower is more optimal um and two i believe that there are certain cases of course where people are in their correct rank even at a low account level um yeah where Maybe it would be unfair if they were matched against a bunch of Smurfs. You know, they're they're like a, a level, a, an account level four or whatever. They just started their account. They're only getting matched against Smurfs. They're never going to get higher, right? Like, that's a very yeah. big problem we have to think about. Mm-hmm. Where, that is true. Where if you have just created a new account, now you're actually limiting the pool to having them being only matched against people um, who are have also just created an account or – are smurfs. So now you could have a very, like an even larger disparity for new players um, where, you know, maybe your entire team just created their accounts and the other entire team is all smurfs or there's <laughs> just some sort of disparity there where yeah. you you have a smurf on their team, but they have four, you know,
2: like all of that. Yeah. And that's actually where I was going to go next with what you had said earlier, chase of saying it shouldn't be an option uh, I think probably the way it should be in the settings of the of the account level, which is... of Sorry, let me state it very clearly. The idea of an account level being used for enemy and friendly team formation as a secondary priority to hidden MMR. I think that that should be a toggleable option in settings that starts off by default. And it should probably include something in the checkbox in settings to say... This is recommended only if you have a fairly high account level and don't want to face Smurfs. Because and you're okay with accepting a higher queue time. Because I agree that, you know, someone down someone down low just made an account. If that setting was on by default, or if it was on all the time, then it would have that exact same problem of that you mentioned of, you know, they're gonna get matched with a bunch more Smurfs. And I mean, just having the option is going to increase the amount of Smurfs a new account person will face, assuming that people are enjoying the feature and taking themselves out of the pool that way. But I think it will have a less of an effect if people have the option, because like I guarantee you, there'll be times when uh, people are trying to get a quick game in and they don't want that setting checked. Um, Or, you know, they're just like, damn, it's been taking a while to queue. I'm going to uncheck that setting. Okay, I I have rethought my opinion
1: and I now agree. Because cool. because I came up with that point where yeah. uh, new players will be consistently matched against smurfs because I I thought about that specific instance, I now mm-hmm. agree that it might be best instituted as a toggleable setting.
2: Cool, cool. We all agree. Let's go. Riot, please get in here. We we want to get your feedback on this so we can have it in the game.
0: Okay. Um, something else that you just brought up here is the whole idea of uh, hidden MMR.
3: Yeah.
1: Yes. And okay, can we get into what I what my things were because we're oh yeah
0: sure sure absolutely by
1: all means go ahead because this is one of the main points of my uh my changes or however you want to put it Cass. Um, hidden MMR is currently how they rank you in the game, so. Yeah. Going off of what we know from Riot, everybody has a hidden MMR where there's a specific rank that we are in the game. Everybody there's basically a list and say you are number a hundred, someone else could be number ninety nine, number ninety eight, number ninety seven, you know? Like we are all put into a list of where we are in the game versus everybody else in North American servers. Right. Yeah, that is what our hidden MMR is and that does not necessarily align with
3: what our current rank is in the game our RR rating. Yeah. So the pluses and minuses
1: that you get based on how you do in a game are based on your hidden MMR and
3: how well you do compared to it. Yes. What I'm thinking is my proposed change is that if
1: you lose a game, it is not based on your hidden MMR.
3: Ooh. But if you win a game, it is.
2: That's a spicy uh, take there. It This, this could have belonged sure, in last can you, episode.
0: Can you flesh this <laughs> out a bit more? I'm not sure if I fully understand what you're getting at.
1: Okay, so if you lose a game, your hidden MMR does not come into account is what I'm saying is okay. that you You have a pretty much fixed rating based on what your opponent's ranks are, what your ranks are, um, what you're going to lose from a, from a certain game. Okay. However, if you win a game, then your hidden MMR would come into account. Where if you win a game and you pop the fuck off, maybe you go up a lot more. If you're a smurf, this is one of the biggest ways that they get smurfs out of the current rank that they're in. So that's why I think that it still needs to be a thing um, that they are able to give bonuses to people who did extremely well in whatever their current
3: rank is so that they go up more. However, I don't think that if you have a really bad game um, that you should be going down 28, 29, 30 for for this going down.
1: I think Mm. that there's a specific instance that I'm that I'm thinking of, um, which happened a long time ago with Hunter and I. So, Hunter was silver, say silver one at this time, and I was
3: bronze two. Okay, and we lost a game. In this instance, I had actually outfragged Hunter
1: as a bronze two, and he was silver one. I had done better in this game. We lost. And I went down more than Hunter did because my hidden MMR was so much lower. Which, I'm sure there's not just this one one instance, but this is the one that sticks out in my mind because Mm -hmm. we had so focused on it after the game ended where I went down, let's call it 22, and Hunter went down 18. But why him as a higher-ranked player went down less than me as a lower rank player doing better than him in the same game. That didn't make any sense. And I think from any perspective, like does not make any sense, right? Like I, yeah. I should be going down less than someone of a higher rank. Like they should be trying to get this higher rank player down further if they did worse in this game.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think that your the amount that you go down is too stuck to your hidden MMR. And that would be my main point, except for the smurfing uh, argument, which is why I say it should only not be accounted for when you're losing a game.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, Um, and despite me being the sort of the villain in this in this scenario, uh, (laughs) I agree, (laughs) and uh, I'll add to it that you know one of the things that we all get most frustrated about is when you uh, get the team MVP of your team uh and it's not that you're team m v p because you're getting meaningless kills at the end of the round, but you're actually playing your agent really well if you're an entry you're getting those uh entry kills maybe uh one or two around then dying and setting your team up, and then they're just dropping the ball uh and so you're you're the team m v p and you turned out it turns out you're the the highest ranked player in the server, and so you end up going down you know, a whole bunch from that. And that's where I'm kind of agreeing with Chase that that really feels unfair. Uh, And that's not, uh, well, whether you're actually, it works either way, whether you're the highest or the lowest ranked uh, it's, it's especially true in the case that, in the case that Chase mentioned, but either way, the fact that you can do really well and then go down more than people who did worse just because of your hidden MMR is very frustrating.
0: Uh, Chase, just out of curiosity, was uh the performance bonus a thing back when this happened?
2: This No, the performance bonus was not a
1: thing. But okay. in the case of before the performance bonus was a thing, in the way that I understand it, the performance bonus was still taken into an account. It was mm, just okay. not delivered not to you in the way that okay. a quote-unquote performance bonus is now.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna cause... agree with that. Right before, right before, right as you guys started playing, they used an arrow system. So instead of a number, you oh, would get I, a number I... of arrows up or down. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we don't both played in that. that. Yeah, we both okay. played
0: in the arrow system.
2: Yeah, yeah. and the, the arrow system absolutely included performance in the in the arrows, even though it wasn't telling you this is the exact number that you got from it.
1: Yeah, the performance bonus, like the little star that you get, and it says plus seven or plus four or whatever. That's a newer thing, but I think it's just to give the player more information about why they're going yeah. up or down that amount. Um I yeah, think okay. that it, it like it was still taken into account before, but now it's just giving you that information.
0: Okay? Because earlier today also in one of the games that we played that we we lost, um I went down negative 6 because I got a plus 10 performance bonus on that game. Yeah. Let's right? go. Um. Yeah, it still kind of sucks. We shouldn't have lost that game. Uh, but we shouldn't have.
1: But six is nothing, right? Right.
0: Exactly. Right. I'm saying like six is nothing, right? Like, oh, okay, whatever. I went. I went down six. You know, I'm not. I'm not fretting about that. And I think that when when you do have those pop off games, right? Um I was doing like I. I think I did pretty fucking well in that game, um, and like you know. It, it it's those kind of situations where like yeah we lost and you know it was a bit of a rough game I think we should have won it um but you know I'm not I'm not coming out of that game feeling like ah fuck like oh god I just lost so much RR there because of that performance bonus mechanic and I like I think that is a good thing but like Hunter was talking about right there with the whole arrow system despite my qualms against it by not knowing where I stand within my own given rank. Like, oh, I don't know if I'm on a rank up game or a demote game. I kind of liked the arrow system. When it was like, hey, you had a really good game? Here are three up arrows. Or, oh, you had a pretty good game, but you lost? Here's one down arrow. Um, I I think there's something to be said for the simplicity of that and not having to directly tie a number to it.
1: Well, this is not the circumstance that I'm talking about in the circumstance where that you're just describing is you were match MVP. Yeah. You got more kills than anyone else in the server, right? You popped off that game, but we still lost. So you only went down six. Okay. I think that that's absolutely fair. You lost the game, which from Riot's perspective is like, okay, well maybe, you know, they did really well. We won't penalize them too much, but you know they still lost they they've said that they prioritize wins versus losses the most which I agree with I think they should um, you shouldn't go up for losing a game right you yeah. have to, the whole game is based on teamwork and working with your your teammates to yeah. to perform better and so winning the game is the biggest way that you've done that even if you don't get an amount of kills maybe you really supported your team and so you should still go up for that Mm-hmm. And then the opposite is then true. Maybe you got a lot of kills, but you didn't support your team very well. So you'll go down, but maybe not as much because you were still pretty good. Um, what I'm talking about is specific instances where your hidden MMR takes a bigger amount of that, where they think you're placed in the game, right? Where mm-hmm. I think that they try to get you towards that lower too much. Where in the case that I was talking about with Hunter and I, they think that I'm in iron still. And so okay, even but... though I did better than a silver in my own lobby, I, I get pushed toward my iron hidden MMR more than he gets pushed toward whatever his MMR is. Um, even though I did better than the silver in my game. Right? So that, that's, the, uh, that's the circumstance okay. that I'm talking
0: I, I, about. I guess what I'm trying to say is because it was prior to the performance bonus being a thing and like like you said you you think it was included beforehand in just like a hidden calculation like i i guess i'm not just entirely sure on that like i think like i i think this performance bonus could potentially uh offset the the whole scenario that you laid out now i i don't know if it was included beforehand or if it wasn't and they just didn't show it to you or whether that wasn't really something they took into consideration before like i i genuinely don't know
1: okay well right? let me let me lay it out a little bit differently. So Riot has come out and they've said there are two different hidden MMRs. Okay. There is your, there is your hidden MMR as a rank amongst everybody mm-hmm. in that plays the game where they have yeah, the believe ladder system. that you fit in the ladder. Yeah. And then there is an engagement MMR where in every engagement that you have, they calculate how you did in that engagement, how you helped your team, how you didn't help your team. Did you do well against the other person and where did they fit in? into this ladder system or into their engagement MMR, right? So there are two of those and they balance your engagement MMR versus your ladder MMR. Okay. Okay. And those two combined make your hidden MMR. So more of what I'm arguing is that your engagement MMR should be the only thing that matters when you lose In a
0: loss. Okay. I I didn't know engagement MMR was a thing this Uh, is new information to me.
2: So I have a question, Chase. is your Is your engagement MMR game specific? So is that basically what your performance bonus comes from, or do you have like an actual engagement MMR that changes? That's a static number. Well, that's a number that is you know added to or subtracted to from each game because that's that's what I'm curious about.
1: From my understanding, engagement MMR is game specific.
2: Okay, so that's what the performance I'm not bonus I'm not 100
1: percent confident on that, and I'm not sure that that's what the performance bonus comes from either.
2: Well, because what you were describing in terms of like tracking each engagement you have with someone and determining how well you did versus them—that sounds like what then is calculate is what performance bonus is calculated on. But there could be an additional nuance there that I'm missing. I
1: feel like there could be something where your Mm -hmm. your uh, performance bonus might be how you performed compared to how they expect you to perform. Right, okay. which combines both your ladder and your engagement oh, MMR. Oh, okay,
2: I see what you're saying, yeah.
1: But I feel like on a loss, only your engagement MMR, the way that you played in that game,
3: should come to, into effect.
0: Okay, yeah. I can see that. Whereas so, if you w- in a yeah, win so
1: because are. of the smurfing problem, then I think you should still have your other MMR come into play, because if they think that you're in platinum but you're currently in bronze they can still push you towards that platinum rank you know
0: okay so I'm gonna come out on a limb here and say what if when I queued or if the three of us are queuing together and we're all in silver what if I only ever played against silvers?
1: I mean I completely what? agree with you
0: like what if as a silver I only played against silvers? Uh, I, how, how does that help I'm a little confused by that one I, this is a slightly different topic idea here. But this is actually my second there. point. This is the yeah. second point that. Oh, I was going okay. wild! Okay. Uh, yeah, like I, I'm just kind of throwing this idea out there. What if, like, when the three of us queue together, we are all in silver. What if I just only ever played against silver? Right. Well, say and we're now, all in
1: silver two, which we m- usually are, or at least yeah, for, yeah. The, for the last bit. Right now, now we're what all the, in silver yeah, one. Yesterday, yeah. yesterday yeah. I took some fat L's, but like. But, Typically, we're all Silver 2. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, no, I'm not saying it needs only queued against
1: Silver 2s... No, or no, like, I'm not yeah. saying
0: it needs to be limited to Silver 2. I'm saying, I'm in Silver, put me up against Silver 1s, Silver 3s, Silver 2s. Just just keep the Golds, the Bronzes out of there, right? I only play against these people. No, if I'm a Smurf, and I'm drastically outperforming them, I will, according to Riot, leave my rank within 10 games. Within 10 games, they claim that they can get Smurf back to their... Theoretical rank, and you will see that certain people, based off whatever their hidden MMR is, like people post clips to Reddit or whatever, jump up like two whole ranks, go from like gold, gold three to diamond in like one game, off like um, whatever the new act is when you have to play your placement games or whatever. Like people post clips on that, um. And, like, again, as Riot has stated, that they can get a smurf out of that rank within 10 games, I don't think it'd be a huge problem to just put me against all silvers, right? Or if I'm a gold, just play me against golds, right? Let me see how I stack up against the people in my rank to determine whether or not I should go up or I should go down.
1: I mean, I completely agree with that, because what really pisses me off is when Valorant thinks I should lose a game because <laughs> that happens, right? Where they put you up where I'll I'll be in the ending screen and we won a game and I get a massive performance bonus or whatever, right? But my entire team was, you know, silver 3 through silver 1 and they had two gold ones on their team and a bunch like a silver 3 and then a couple silver ones. Like like Valorant thinks you should win or lose a game like when you go into the game. True. Right? They think, okay, they're probably going to lose this. We'll base whatever they go up or down off based of based on what we think that they should do. But I like why not just put me against all silver twos? And then based on the silver twos that I'm playing against, say, Oh, they're better than silver twos. We'll push them up. Or they're worse than silver twos, we'll push them down to silver one. You know, like why not why not put me against people in my same rank so you know how I compare against people in my same rank?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I think I think the problem right now is that with how aggressively the game tries to pull you or push you to the to the rank that it thinks you should be, your visible rank in game isn't the real representation of your skill level. That like silver 2 isn't actually the most accurate description of where we have been over the course of this act the most accurate description is whatever our hidden MMR is like, and that's, so so that's, so I think that I, I would like that to be able to play against more people who are my skill level and for that to be visible in the rank. But I kind of feel like you have to make both changes or similar changes at the same time, because if they left the exact same system right now, in terms of how you get or lose points, then me playing against all silver twos now, specifically if I'm solo queuing, that actually means that I'm probably less likely to be queued against people of my same skill level uh, than I am currently, where it's trying to match people to my skill level based on the hidden MMR, which is
0: more accurate, supposedly. Sure, but, but in theory, the idea of ranked is to figure out where you lie, right? So sure. place me against all these other people that are in the same rank as me, and let me see if I deserve to be there, or if I deserve to go down, or if I deserve to go up. Right?
2: Yeah, but my okay. point is that someone who's nominally in Silver 2 isn't... is That isn't saying that their skill level is Silver 2. That's saying that that's the vis- visible representation of where they are in their progression towards their actual rank. Because if, if you're in Silver 2 and you win 50% of your games, then you will end up in, eventually, whatever ri- rank Riot thinks you should be in. And the problem is that... Um, you know, that rank is not silver, may may or may not be silver two. And depending on how you're improving or falling off, there's a very good chance that a silver two that you get uh, queued against Cass isn't actually stabilized in silver two, but they're on their way up or down to a different rank is what I'm
0: saying. Yeah. I'm saying, put me against those people. If I get, if I get completely outclassed by someone in the same rank as me, then one of two things is going on. Either they should be at a higher rank or I should be at a lower rank. If we're in the exact same rank, right? And I'm saying if you just put me up against those exact people, over time, we'll figure out what rank everybody should be in. Like, I'm not going to say this would work overnight, right? It would take a period of time of you playing against all people in your rank to figure out where you actually lie. Like, it's not something that they could just turn around tomorrow and would be a phenomenal change. But I think over time, it could work for the better. Interesting. And I mean, also, like, just on that exact same Thank regard, you. like, speaking about Hidden MMR, like, my, my fucking alts are way higher ranked than my main is. Like, both my alts are at silver three, pushing gold. And my main is sitting in silver one, right? And so, like, I I am the same person. Like, nobody else has played on my alt. It's exclusively me. Right? Uh, how is it possible for, for me to be in two such drastically... I mean, I guess it's not that drastic. It's silver three to, like, silver one or whatever. But, like, how is it possible for that discord to show up? There's clearly something going on here in which the rank system is not accounting for.
1: See, I think there's an argument to say that if you are never placed against people who are better than you you're never going to improve the best way to improve your gameplay is to play against people who are better than you and learn how to adapt to that and play against it
3: and i can completely see that argument however i feel like it's there are games that you play
1: where there is one person say you know you'll be placed in a lobby and you're the lowest rank in that lobby right So there's a band of people of ranks in that lobby, and the band is from silver one to gold one. And you're the silver one, but there's a gold one on the other team that one taps you every time. And what that should tell Valorant is, hey, this person should not be gold one right now, because this gold one is obviously outclassing them. But it's not telling them whether they should be in gold or in silver two or silver three.
3: Yeah, what it's telling that's a good
1: them it. what what it's telling you like right now, basically, you lose that game because you get one tapped every time you peak the gold. Uh Valorant's gonna push you down. Maybe now you're bronze. Right? But really, maybe you're a silver two. Like in, in actuality. Um but Valorant now thinks that you're
3: worse than that because this gold one was absolutely dominating you in the previous game.
2: Yeah, and no, I, I, and I agree I that's think, the crux of the problem.
0: Yeah, I, I do think it is relevant, like, just how, how games play out, right? Um, like, yeah, there, there are times when, like, I, I don't know how frequently you guys check your individual performance against certain players on the other team. But there are times when I will, just based off the way that I like to play and the person on the other team likes to play, I can have 10 engagements against the exact same person in this one game and have only two against somebody else,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? Let's take a for example. On defense, I like to play tree. I like to peek links. If there's someone on their team who, on offense, likes to play links and peek tree, then I am just going to run into them more often throughout the game. And if if I'm the better player than they are, or they're the better player than me, a lot, of my, a lot of my KDA, a lot of my average combat score is going to revolve around that one engagement. Because if that player on their team happens to be a, a gold two or whatever, and I'm sitting here at silver two, and they just have better aim than me, and I lose that gunfight, you know, more than 50% of the time, then that's not indicative of how I played against their team as a whole. That's just indicative of how I matched up against that one person.
1: Exactly. So it's telling them you should not be in gold two because they're yeah. in gold 2 they're way better than you. But it's not telling them that you shouldn't be higher than you're currently ranked. However, you're still going to go way down for that game.
0: Exactly. And like, that, that, that's, that's what I think the crux of the problem comes down to, um, as, as Hunter, you pointed out. And I think that over time, this would be solved if I just exclusively played against Silvers. Now, right? maybe I, this I, should be an
1: option. Play. Like we were saying for the last thing is that maybe you can select an option that will say your queue time will be a lot higher, but we will try to match you with people only
3: in your rank or within a boundary of one up, one down. And I feel like that could be a good like intermediate to this problem where like, obviously if you're only
1: going to be playing against silver twos, if you're in silver two, your queue time's going to be insane. like, yeah, depending on where you're playing like and what servers you have selected. Like you're you're not maybe in silver you have the best shot because most people are in silver according to the stats. But in other ranks too, like you're not going to be able to play only against your rank because not everybody is playing at the same time, looking for a game at the same time in your rank. So they need to stretch that out to have it be feasible for people to play the game consistently. That's just not an option. But I feel like you could have a selection of being like, "Hey,
3: I want to only play against my rank and I'm okay with queuing longer until I find a game like that." Okay, the that'd be interesting. Of the whole...
0: I I Chase, I agree with you. I think that's a good idea. But speaking about the whole like Q thing here. Like, how do you guys feel about the whole no no four stacks? Cause I've got I've got some complaints against it.
3: I mean, we, we've
1: discussed this with you in the past. Cass. On mean, podcast. Off, on, off have it has it been on podcast? I
2: feel like we've had some of this on podcast. I need to go re-listen to some of our older ones.
1: I'm not sure. But, I mean, sorry if this is repeating something we've yeah. already been on podcast. But basically, what we were saying with the four stacks is that we don't know. Because we don't have the data to show that four stacks are likely toxic against the fifth person. Because even when we solo queue, we're not sure if the person that we report is in a four stack. Uh, because they're toxic. Or, like, even... In some other case, we don't know if, if somebody's being toxic, if they report them, they're in a four stack. Riot is the only one that has that data to show that four stacks are more toxic toward the fifth person. And so although it's an inconvenience to us, maybe it actually has reduced the toxicity of the game, in which case this would be a benefit. If it hasn't like, decreased the toxicity of the game in general, then Riot is the only one that's going to be able to know that.
3: And they're going to be the ones that can change it. Okay, now, um
0: I I I don't know exactly how this works, but I do know that some other games have come out with like rating systems for players. And so like if I go into a game, the default option is null. Right? Like I go into a game and we leave that game. Uh default option is is zero. Right? But you can go in afterwards and then you can rank one of your teammates and say, hey this player like i really enjoyed playing with this person maybe maybe they didn't have the best game right but they were given comms they were you know they were enjoyable to play with like i i i didn't find that they were toxic or that they were just like throwing or anything like that i'll give like a an uber one. driver rating exactly <laughs> yeah. like an uber driver rating right yeah. like hey this player like even though they weren't toxic they were They were just, you know, not listening to anything we said. They were just working the entire game, pushing the other site, like, taking spike and dying in mid, or whatever it may be, right? And then you can give them a negative one. Like, what if you could have this rating? You upvote, downvote. Exactly, right? What if that came into play here?
3: Well, I feel
1: like there'd be a lot of circumstances where your bottom frag, you just downvote. And not saying that I would do that, even if my bottom frag was giving good comms, like maybe I would want to upvote them. But there are a lot of times where, you know, I mean, people you can't assume are having the best intentions or like, you can't assume everybody thinks the same way that we do, where we're going to be nice to somebody who, you know, maybe wasn't having the best game, but they were still giving comms and trying their best. Mm -hmm. Like I might upvote that person, but I'd say the majority of people are still probably going to downvote that person because they bottom fragged.
0: Yeah. You know, okay, I see where you're coming from, and that's going to be a net negative yeah. on the game. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I see where you're coming from. Bad idea.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna come out swinging and say I think that the four stack change is uh, good. That there are no four stacks, uh, and as much as it can be an inconvenience for us, um, I think that in addition to the toxicity issue, where I agree with Chase that if Riot's making the change, then I think they probably have good data on this. It can be very awkward speaking from the perspective of being in a four stack with a fifth person when you have that one rando on your team because you have to think about what you've said what someone in your team has said over your discord call versus what you've said in game like hopefully you can keep track of whether or not you've been pressing the v key but in the heat of the moment particularly if you're alive it's pretty difficult to notice whether your teammate has given a call out just to you in Discord or if they've given the call out in game. And so that just makes communicating that much harder and I can imagine when it comes to the perspective of someone who uh is that one with the with the four stack, there have been times when I feel like no one is talking and I wonder are the four other people in a Discord call right now and they just don't feel like giving call outs to me. And I don't know for sure, but you know it very it very much does enter my mind, um. So I feel like the inconvenience of not being able to four stack is overshadowed by the fact that it just is a much more awkward scenario for all parties when there is the four plus one. And of course, there's nothing stopping you from hitting an unrated with four people.
0: Yeah. Okay. No. No. Now that we've talked about the comms aspect of it, I feel like we have covered this on podcasts before, so I don't yeah. really want to dwell on it here. Um. Well, to be fair, we—I'm pretty sure the podcast we talked about it was
2: right after it was announced. Mm-hmm. So now we're revisiting it, having actually experienced yeah. it. So it's, I, it's, a, I'd, it's it is least, an inconvenience. But, now we know yeah. Yeah. it's a,
1: a much more of an inconvenience, especially with our party, where you know we have a four stack a lot, and we're like, oh fuck, like who's gonna play? A solo game right now, or can we get a fifth person in here? Right, but I on the I plus side, we them. can bully
2: the fifth into joining. We're like, "Hey, we can't play if you don't join." <laughs> yeah, yeah. On
1: the plus side, then we get five stacks more often.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, I have to say though, in general, outside of just five stacking, I have felt a a queue time increase.
3: Oh
1: really. It, wait, outside yeah. of five stacking?
0: Outside of five, stack, five stacking because I I'm aware that when we five stack, the likelihood of queue increase is very high, right? Especially when we're playing outside the ranked boundaries. Okay, right? I understand right?
1: that I I don't like the fact there's been a huge queue time increase in five stacks within the rank boundaries. Yeah,
0: okay, but like outside of five stacking, I have still felt a a queue time up. Now, this might just be confirmation bias. I, I can't say for sure, but it, it does, to me, seem like a few times across the board have kind of gone up a bit. I feel I don't like know this if is I really, yeah. I feel like
2: that's a really difficult topic to discuss because none of yeah. us have kept any data on this. Right? Again, I don't sure. keep that I'm,
0: I'm, I'm shooting from the hip here. Right? Like I'm, I'm just speaking about my gut feeling. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Yeah, I don't 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 really know know how we discuss this topic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I guess none of you guys have really felt that. Um, Not really, no. Well, I guess on that note, any of you guys have any uh, closing statements here? Anything left on the table? Anything still unsaid that you are dying to talk about?
1: Not particularly. I just think that like, if we're going to wrap-up ranked experience in general. It, it's a big topic, and we might revisit it in a further podcast. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm sure there's a lot that we didn't hit here that we all want to get our opinions out on, but I feel like the current ranked experience is fine. But there are definitely things that can be improved, and specific instances more that really piss us off. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's ever going to go away, but I think that a lot of things we've brought up could possibly improve that.
0: Yeah I, yeah, I don't think the frustration's ever going to go away, right? You're always going to find something to bitch about. Um, yeah,
1: agreed. Yep.
0: But I I do think there is absolutely room for improvement. It's not something I'm looking at of like, ah, oh, well, you know, this is kind of the best you can do. I, I feel like we're definitely not there yet.
3: Yeah, yeah, okay. So on that, uh, thank you for listening to episode 7 of Drunk Valor Podcast. Yep, drink with you later.